I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Duck Pond Wall, a little show here on WEHC where we sit down and catch up with somebody that we want to know more about, and we sort of pretend like we're sitting on the Duck Pond Wall. Amelia Terry is my guest today. How you doing, Amelia? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? I'm great. Have you ever sat on the Duck Pond Wall and chatted with a friend? I actually have not sat on the duck pond wall and chatted with a friend. Okay, well there's your challenge for today is we're going to leave this studio and go sit on the duck pond wall for a minute and catch up on the world. So Amelia Terry is a second year student at Emory and Henry College from, where are you from? I'm from Oneida, Tennessee. I just enjoy making you say that because I don't know anybody (laughs) else from Oneida and I think that is super, super cool. So uh, the reason we want to talk today is specifically about a little project she's got going on called CHATS. So we're going to talk about that program. We're going to find out what it means. We're going to find out why it's important. And we're going to find out how the community can get more involved. But before we get to that, I'm just going to make you talk about you for just a hot minute because I just think it's fun to find out what you're doing and why you're doing it. How did, how did you end up at Emory & Henry? So I actually completed my associates in high school, and I had one psychology professor that I was really close to. And we spent a lot of time talking about um, where I wanted to take my psychology, what would be good for me, and he ended up telling me that his daughter used to go to this college. And so I got talking to him more about it, and I scheduled my, like, um, tour to come here and I like learn more about the college and then I eventually applied to the Bonner Scholar program and then I got accepted into that and that's really what kind of pushed me over the edge to be a wasp. That is awesome you know and I'm gonna let's talk a minute about Bonner Scholars because we were talking with some someone last night and I forget that people don't know what that is. I, we've It's been such a part of the culture here at Emory and Henry for such a long time I forget that it's not common for everybody so tell us what it means to be a Bonner Scholar. So the Bonner Scholar program specifically at Emory and Henry is a little bit unique in that we actually, it's based out of the Bonner Foundation, which is a family that wanted students to be able to afford and to go to college and to build their education without having to work constantly to be able to afford that, while they can also have a lot of things to do with their community. So they end up funding so many students, and it depends on how that specific college does it. But what we do at Emory is we don't use hours for community service in exchange for that scholarship. We actually do, we have outcome-based programming. So um, my specific program, which is CHATS, is just completing those events, like the inside and like behind the scenes and the programming of that aspect. Then we also have a lot of meetings. And then we also partner with a couple of different schools, and we do things like a junior exchange, so we get to go meet other Bonner juniors. And then there's Bonner Congress, which is in Louisville, Kentucky. We actually just got to send two Bonners to that, and they got to learn way more about the Bonner Foundation, and then they returned that information to us. That is wicked cool. I, You know, I don't think I knew that there had been a little bit of a shift in how we talked about the service. So now it's about outcomes. So it's not just about, you know, a bunch of hours doing whatever. You've actually got to have a project. Yes, and that actually, so everyone at Emory, we all pick our own project, and then we all decide what those outcomes are, and then we write reflections through the semester that kind of coordinate how that applies to our life and that project, but this switchover has just been in the past two years, so there's really not any other 
college that I'm aware of that does do outcomes instead of hours. But I kind of love that, though, because then not only is it more meaningful for you while you're mm-hmm. doing it, but that's a wicked cool thing to put on your resume when you get done. I really like it because sometimes it seems a little more quantitative, and sometimes that is helpful when applying for things. But being able to say, I completed this project, I like I made this happen, yeah. I think is going to have a better outcome eventually. Well, I really do love that. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Who's the Bonner coordinator at Emory & Henry now? Um, right now it's Scott Sykes. Nice. Scott Sykes, Dr. Sykes, Emory and Henry alumnus. And is he fun to work with? You can tell me. Nobody, nobody, he won't hear this. So it's okay if you need to say that he's not. Well, as far as Bonner goes, I do spend a lot more time with our coordinator, Bradley Hartzell. Ah. Um, So I'm one of our, I'm a part of our Bonner leader team. So I'm, along with my project, I'm the programming and event planner. So I spend a lot of one-on-one meetings with him talking about what our Monday meetings will look like, what we should do as a group, how to like bring more excitement to Bonner and different things like that. So I really do talk to him more for it. More to Bradley. Yeah. Yeah, he's pretty fun too, though. Yeah. Yeah, I like Bradley. <laughs> what, um, you said you're part of the Bar- Bonner leadership team. What is that? So that's also new to the Bonner program. This I, We planned it out this summer where I got to work as a work study in the Appalachian Center. And we talked about how to have more of a structure because previously we did have a Bonner intern, which is normal. But we added the Bonner leader team, so we have alumni coordinators, event planners, we have people for social media, people for marketing, just way more like parts of projects and yeah. things like that that we didn't have before, and it's really helped our program grow too. And a lot more student involvement as opposed to just like showing up for stuff. You're really in it. You're right. It. So it went from having only Monday meetings and everyone going out separately to like our meeting. We have one today actually, and we're going to talk about the outcomes that people had of their projects this semester, maybe if they want to switch to that project. So like if they build communication skills at that activity and you want to kind of pair that with your major and go more that way, you can do that too. Well, I love that. All of this feels like good preparation for whatever your career path is going to be. Or am I just thinking too much in the jobby world? No. So actually, that's whenever I started to find what I wanted to do in Bonner. So I first started out using our watershed project as my freshman project, which is basically documenting like Southwest Virginia history and tracking different populations across this part of the area and things like that. And then I love it and I appreciate the work, but it's not really where my heart is at as far as civic engagement goes. Mm -hmm. So I started asking about where I could work with people, what I could do, and I ended up working with Rivers Way for my freshman year. I remember that. Yes. You brought some of those kids to campus, didn't you? Yes, we actually had them this past Saturday. So I still work with them through another organization, but that was my first year project. Yeah. And we have them over and then we like plan and coordinate all those different things to take them to the cafeteria. We watch different sporting events. We do crafts and walks. Wow. A little bit of everything. We actually played t-ball with the softball team. (laughs) Oh, how fun. Did they have a good time? They loved it. I'm still sore from it, though. (laughs) I did not realize how serious t-ball was. (laughs) Well, yeah, no, yeah, you probably, yeah, you thought all of the parents took it seriously. Everybody takes it seriously. Everyone does. Yeah. They're, how many, how many folks did you have that day? I think we had about twelve, and we actually had four different groups that we partnered with, which is Whoa. also a really big deal. 
So we had the softball team, and we had three different Greek organizations that came with us. Nice. Right. Nice. And, and again, again, education moment. Tell us about Rivers Way just real quick. What, what, does, what, did, what kind of work do they do? So Rivers Way is an organization outside of Bristol, and pretty much what they do is they focus on people of all abilities, being able to do different activities, just go out and do anything in the world and let's see they also focus a lot on physical activity and just general education they have a lot of basketball teams and our job is we're all just a bunch of humans is pretty much what it boils down to i love that oh i love that you know what else you just said that made me really happy was about all the partnerships because that that makes a big difference doesn't it the day actually went a lot smoother. So I joined the Rivers Way team coming out of COVID, and it had been a really slow and dry couple of years for them, honestly, just because of how important health is mm-hmm. and different factors like that. So to have different people scheduled for like every hour in the day mm-hmm. and having that much going on was very changing for that environment. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, good, good, good. I have a friend and a friend, um, an Emory Henry graduate named Chris Sheets, who once taught me the value of partnerships because it makes everybody stronger, makes your event stronger, and it uh, it makes everybody a little more relevant to have more hands in the more hands in the in the dough <laughs> as it turns out. So so good for you. All right. Well, so let's talk about then this project you have. You said that the different groups have different projects. So before we get to chats, which is your project. And what watershed you said is one of the projects that mm-hmm. folks can be involved in, and that of course is a, a sort of more thorough telling of the history and culture of Southwest Virginia, everything from um, from from the from the human aspects to the natural world, whatever, but telling all aspects of Southwest Virginia history. What, what is in that? Tell, tell us another one or two projects that that folks are doing. So we also do have the Emory Henry Garden as one of our projects. So a lot of our Bonner Scholars are out there and active and harvesting. Um, we have some that actually do work at it this summer, so we can go into the fall smoother. And then they also partner with the Stinger Supply Shelf, which has previously also been a Bonner project. And Stinger Supply Shelf is an open source of food and A little supplies? bit of everything. So they also added hygiene products this semester, Good. which is a really big deal. Good. And the App Center, which is also one more Bonner project, um, they also added a thrift store. So pretty much between oh. all these projects, we have food, we have hygiene products, and we do have people actively working on a free thrift store, awesome. which will be for the students. So we have a lot of clothing donations coming in also. Nice. Very nice. All right. All right. So, but... Let's get to yours. <laughs> and I love that I love that you are such a good talker and such a good speaker because that's gonna that's gonna be a huge asset to you going forward. <laughs> and um, I love that you're involved with a program called Chats because I think that's kind of perfect. Tell us what C H A T S actually stands for. So that stands for connecting humans and telling stories. Uh-huh, how clever! <laughs> and and is this is this an old program or a new program? This program was born in essentially January of 2022. Whoa, that is super new. Right. So we are still figuring out all the specifics to it, but essentially what it is is it, it is a three part series event that we do between community and we do it also with the people on our campus and mm-hmm. students. Yeah. And it's all centered around healthy and effective communication. Ha. Huh. Okay. So healthy and effective communication. You said say it again what it stands for. Communicating, connecting humans, connecting humans, and telling stories, and telling stories. So, so are there are there stories? Do people tell stories? Right. So each 
there are within the three-part series the first one is called a beginner's mindset and then the second one is challenging assumptions and the third one is a third chair perspective so what we do it's helpful you do not have to be at all three of those for you to understand what's going on but it is helpful because it's a gradual build to learn how to be in your environment without having those preconceived con- or assumptions so that way you can kind of see the world from a different perspective and learn how to talk to others who maybe feel differently than you do and how to learn from each other is really the goal of it. So what we do is each series is set up to where there's a series of activities that are within that. And uh-huh. so some of them are like step in and out of the circle if you like relate to this statement. Some of them are we're going to partner you up with two other people and you're going to argue about absolutely nothing. And then we're going to have someone mediate that for you and explain different ways that you could have said that. A beginner's mindset really talks a lot about just, hey, you thought that way automatically, but why did you do that? Let's talk about that. And then once you get further into challenging assumptions, we sometimes we put up pictures on the walls and we have people say what they first thought of. And then sometimes we break that down. So all of it kind of just builds up to that part of understanding all of those things happen, but why do we do that, and how can we change that? So it's almost like a workshop. A little bit, um, and a lot of it is. So whenever we do those activities and things like that, we did one, which was just last night, uh-huh. and that one was you got partnered up with someone that you didn't know very well, mm-hmm. and the goal was to tell a story without having any emotion keywords in there possible. <laughs> So I explained to my partner this story about me dropping a milkshake in a restaurant, like right in the doorway. (laughs) And then they have to look at me and be like, you must have felt embarrassed in that situation or you may have felt guilty. And to identify those and like make that step to understand someone else by telling that story. Interesting. So you left out all the things about how you felt and gave somebody else a chance to figure out how you might have felt. Right. So the goal is to like understand a human a little bit more. <laughs> I think that's kind of wicked cool. I love that. Well, and and you were saying that the first event, and that's the, oh, no, the second one was, was, was Challenging Mindsets. What was the first one? Beginner's Mindset. Beginner's Mindset. Right. So the, was that at the Lincoln in Marion? Is that what you said? So the first series that we did, so we do all three, um, in February, March, and April, all of those were in the Lincoln Theater in Marion. Oh, I got you. Right. And then this semester, they were all in the Black Box Theater on campus. I got you, got you. How how was the turnout in Marion? Pretty good? The turnout in Marion worked very, very well. So the cool thing about it is whenever you are out in the community, you get a lot of community partners there. And that was what we had with, we partner a lot with Jenny Moore. And we work a lot with Appalachian Community Connectors. And we also, this entire program is a partnership between the Appalachian Center as well as Mount Rogers Community Services. Okay. So we have a lot of people who either worked there or who are Appalachian Community Connectors, which is just a group based out of Marion. And so they helped us put it together and then they also attended. But they're all, it's an adult group. So Mm -hmm. it was that mix with the students that really made the first series special. Oh, I bet. You know, Jenny Moore is an Emory and Henry alum. Yes. yes, and her parents are too, And right? her parents are too. That's yes. exactly right. And I just saw her uncle at the Erskine tailgate this weekend. Oh, really? It's a, it's a more family reunion. Let me remind everybody that we're talking today with Amelia Terry, who is a second-year student at Emory & Henry. Of course, she got here with her associate's degree, so you're probably going to graduate, what, tomorrow? I don't know. How does that even work? <laughs> Maybe. I'm actually going to stay through 2025 now. I'm going to add a mass comm minor. 
Yeah, you are, because it's a very helpful major, minor study, whatever. It is a very <laughs> helpful thing. And many of the people I talk to who are graduates are, are MassCom graduates, so good for you. So we're talking, though, specifically about her Bonner project called Chats, Connecting Humans and Telling Stories. Right. Did I get it right that time? You did. Ooh, <laughs> check me out. Okay, so it's a really cool thing. How did, I mean, is this like... Is this a program that you borrowed from somewhere, or did you all just know how to do this program? How did that? How does that work? So this is actually the baby of the Appalachian Center. Um, it was, com- I think, some of the activities probably stemmed from different places, but the entire idea of it is just a mix of all the different people, especially bringing in Megan Hamilton and Leah Wilson to the App Center. Talented young women. Right. It took about like by the time we mixed all five of the staff that work in there, it turned into this pretty much so we did the first series and then what happened this summer is really cool because we actually are now grant funded for this program Uh so the final goal of this program is to actually we are currently in the process of building a curriculum so this can be passed out and done in other places oh I love that right but it was all born right here yep well, that's fantastic. That shows that somebody has got confidence in what you're doing. So what is it like to be the facilitator? So there's kind of a twofold with it just because you want to have it in mind and you want to be able to explain the activity correctly. And I am bringing my psychology major into this. Nice. But it's really easy to accidentally sway people a certain way. So depending on the way that you explain an activity, you can accidentally be priming people is the term for that to have them have a certain response so even if you accidentally say a certain word and I think this is more important to me than maybe anyone else but if you explain an activity in a certain way you can actually give people a complete freedom to do what they want to do with that interesting so you want to kind of know what you're talking about and explain it correctly but you also want to go with the crowd and you want to kind of ad lib it so so do you think a lot about about what you're going to say before you get in there I do we we go through it a couple of times all together before we actually go through with it but I'm always like and we also have people who demonstrate so sometimes I'm a storyteller demonstrating to everyone and I have to think about what I'm going to tell a story about and work through that with my partner and just think of what would be a good example Mm -hmm. without influencing people too much. So when people come, are they happy to get to participate? Do they know what they're getting into? That's my favorite thing. So no, no one ever knows what they get themselves (laughs) into. But if they come to one event, you'll usually see them at more. Oh, that's interesting. It's very interesting because a lot of times students, they, especially because this is a Lyceum credit, they hear Lyceum and they think they're going to sit there and do nothing. Mm -hmm. And we actually had, I don't even remember their name. They, they, we had these two guys come in yesterday and they looked at me and they were like, we're just going to have to sit here. Right. And I was like, absolutely not. And they were terrified. (laughs) And by the end of it, they were volunteering and answering questions in front of everybody. Oh, that's fantastic. It's cool because it's like we build the environment to be comfortable talking in. So we all sit in a circle too. Mm -hmm. That may be important to mention. All of the chairs are spread out and everyone looks at each other and we're all in common ground. So even sometimes the people explaining what we're doing, they're also sitting just to kind of keep that balance. Yeah. And then after, we also have people who debrief activities and then we all talk about how that made us feel what influenced us just everything so great so you guys have really thought through every 
moment of this experience. Somewhat. And it really is just depending on the crowd that you have, it goes in directions that you would have never thought. But it always leaves you thinking when you leave. That is great. Well, now, and you had also said that you'd really like to have more community folks involved. So we want to sort of make this an invitation to anybody who's listening to come and participate the next time you do this round. Absolutely. So there is no age range on this, and that's something that I really emphasized the first time that we went around with this. I've even reached out before maybe to local high schools for even seniors, and then we've also had people, basically seniors to seniors, if you want to put it that way, but (laughs) the more perspectives that we have that are coming together and wanting to learn how to interact with each other, the cooler the events can be. That is neat. I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling a plan in my I'm noodling on a plan in my <laughs> head about a chance to do that. Tell me, have there been moments where you're like, wow, this was this was a breakthrough moment for people. You could see you could see that this was really important for people. So I think the event that we did last night was really changing for people, just because you kind of see. In the activity specifically, you have two people and then the third person as that mediator. And it's kind of a way to understand a full situation and everyone's emotions and acknowledge that, but to also understand that we are working towards a solution as opposed to someone else hearing our side of a situation. Mm -hmm. And whenever you are that mediator, I know even just doing it in April to now has completely changed how I interact with other people. Really? Right. So... Even just the people who got to do it for the first time last night, you can kind of tell that they were speaking to you differently after. They understand a little bit more about what you say to people, maybe how you can rearrange those words and how you can understand that, how to conflict resolve. Amelia, that's amazing. It's really cool. It's a really cool project. (laughs) That is fantastic. All right, so when will you be offering this again? This was probably the last one for this semester, right? Yes. So we will be starting the series again. It will probably be, we do one each month. So it will likely be February, March, April, as opposed to January through March. Okay. But the dates are not yet solidified. That's all right. Um, I'm not sure when we will. No, be no, 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 that's either. fine. But that's something to be looking for. And so we could maybe we could maybe sort of drum up a little interest in among some alumni or maybe some folks who in the Emory community who might like to participate. That would be awesome. So we'll work together on that. That would be good. Oh, maybe I can even drag you all into doing a little something for our summer alumni college next year. Because I've seen you. You work hard. You are here all year long working hard, <laughs> taking care of admissions. What what don't you do on this campus? Because every time I see you, you're doing something. That's such a good question. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, you certainly have are showing all of us a great way to be involved in things at Emory & Henry. Is that the way you've always been, though? You've always been that kid, haven't you? A little bit. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of stuff going on for me. <laughs> oh, it's all right. Yeah, I think that's really reflected. So I'm a double major and hopefully to have the double minor. So I'll have psychology, civic innovation as my main points, which is very clear in the project that I'm doing. I like to engage our community using what I know about psychology. Right. And I currently do have a Spanish minor, which I'm hoping to take into clinical psychology just for communication purposes. Perfect. Really big communication person right here. Right. And I was a yearbook kid and a photographer. So um, one thing that I actually do is I have a little silver camera that I took pictures of my childhood on, just 
all growing up and my mom took them whenever I was younger and I've started an Instagram <laughs> and I take it to all of the bigger events that we do here on this campus and everyone knows me for now for my silver camera Instagram. That and is cute. <laughs> there's an entire document of my sophomore year of college so far just on this account that everyone looks at and they repost and things like that. That's really yeah. sweet. I love that. And plus, I'm also excited that you're your book nerd because so was I. And that makes me very happy to know that we share that. So that is good news. <laughs> so what are you, if you had a had a sort of, you know, see ahead to 2025 when you graduate, what are you thinking about doing? So my first plan is to go ahead and go to the Marion campus for psychology and get my master's. Perfect. And then after that, I'm actually really interested, and I do have a little bit of a partnership going with Blue Mountain Therapy. Yeah. So I really like the way that they do a nonprofit side and a for-profit side. So between what they do and kind of what boys and girls clubs do, mm-hmm. so I've worked with both, mm-hmm. I really want to eventually take an entrepreneurship route and build a team like, just community center where they can have like therapeutic places they can have places to hang out after school I want to offer things like art therapy and um, just things like that just so they have somewhere to go and somewhere to be and like somewhere to be comfortable at and so that's the goal I haven't solidified everything but I know that I want to name it that's another reason why I want to be an entrepreneur I really like naming things you do do you have a name already not, it's not for sure yet, but I know how I want the building to be glass on the outside. Okay. It's very important to me. Why is that? I just think it would look nice. <laughs> but I, I, I feel like I can make that happen because I also can see like like whenever they do puppy yoga and things like that. So I can imagine oh. like the hallway and like seeing different People like options stuff. and classes yeah, yeah, yeah. as you go down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We'll talk about that because, you know, birds aren't in the glass building. So we're going we're gonna to have to have that conversation. Right. But we can probably figure out something to work for both. That works for me. All right. We'll, we'll figure it we'll out. figure it out. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, normally I would say, oh, what a cute idea. But you know what? You're going to make that happen because I have not seen you pick up anything that you didn't make happen. And <laughs> you're just an, a fun kid to watch watch because and I should quit calling you a kid because you're a grown woman um, making <laughs> lots of things happen for herself and you're making lots of great decisions and doing lots of great projects. I'm, I'm excited to see where you're going to go. You. That's going to be fun. <laughs> well, Amelia Terry from Oneida, Tennessee, we are just about out of time. Um, what If you had to leave folks with one last impression of this chats thing, what do you think the best outcome of it would be? What's what's the best thing that you can sort of see happening, either for people as individuals or for the community? How, how do you see it really influencing folks around you? So the most important thing to me, I would definitely say, is perception. So maybe even if we don't, I want to reach as many people as possible, but not for a change of heart, just more a little bit of an open thought process about how to change how we interact with the world. So my favorite poem, and I won't get too far into it, but it's called Richard Corey. And pretty much what it's about is it's about this guy that they, like a big town next to him, they all think that he's so much cooler, he has so much opportunity just because they view him as having a lot of money. And so what ends up happening, this is a little morbid. <laughs> no, it's okay. But um, what ends up happening, it has right. To, it has to be a little morbid. Mm-hmm. So um, at the end of the poem, Richard Corey, and they're all talking about how like they wish that they had what he had. And he ends up like committing suicide at the end of the poem. And because they thought that his, like the puzzle pieces that everyone has in their own life. So what he had completed their puzzle, but what they have may have completed his. 
But they didn't communicate. Right. They just, they see what they see. So what I think is really cool about this program is I think it gives people maybe a little bit more of an entrance into how do other people think kind of world. So it's really cool to think about, hey, I didn't know this person, but this is actually their story, not just what I thought it may have been, which really highlights what goes into our second event for Challenging Assumptions. I love that. And Mm -hmm. I cannot wait to do your next chats event come spring-ish, um, somewhere <laughs> around February, and I'm going to help you promote that. We're going to talk to community folks about coming, and we're going to see if we can't get a room full of people ready to jump in and learn to challenge our assumptions and our perceptions. And so thanks. Thank you for doing this. My gosh, thanks no, for what you're doing thank for you for having me. <laughs> Amelia Terry, Emory and Henry class of, oh, I don't know, 2025-ish? Yep. Going to be sticking around and get lots of things done. And we're in no hurry to see you go because you're doing great things for this campus. So thank you very much. And thanks for being our guest today on the Duck Pond Wall. Thank you for having me. Well, it's been fun. And I thank all of you for being with us today. We hope that you'll stick around on WEHC and listen to what's coming up next because there is always something fun coming up on 90.7 WEHC, the voice of Southwest Virginia.